welcome everyone to episode 2 of Hear Me Dragons. And we have a special guest again this week. And this guest is OK Mage. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hello! I am flattered to be here. We're so excited. <laughs> uh, so I, I've i been pushing keys for a long time and I'm Mythic Grade, so I'm a PvE noob. <laughs> um, I've been dabbling in casting this year, so... Uh, we did the race to world first with Echo in Sepulchre, uh, and I've also competed in the MDI and done various uh, tournaments. <laughs> That's great. So let's start off way back at the beginning. So when did you sort of pick up gaming? Because I know you have a, a history of pre-WoW gaming. Yeah, I feel like it's it's one of those typical expressions, but I honestly have played games ever since I was old enough to hold a controller. Um, I remember when I was younger, my dad used to have, right, I'm going to sound really old or make my dad sound really old, but he used to play Marathon, which I think is one of the first ever FPS games. I'd have to fact check that. It's so old, even I don't know it. I, I used to call it Batman when I was a kid. If there's any boomers listening, woo, I'm joking. <laughs> um, so I used to, he used to play it. And I used to sit on his lap and play with him. And I'd like, to, I'd love to be able to say that it was my dad that got me into gaming and it, because that would be really cute. But it honestly wasn't. He really isn't a gamer. It was just this one game that he played for a bit. And I've just naturally gravitated to games um, always, pretty much. And yeah, it started off on the Mac, oh. which is no longer a gaming thing anymore, really. Uh, some people <laughs> still tell me it is, but I, I've yet to see the proof. But there are, there are some diehard fans out there. <laughs> um, well you can put a game on the mac technically so yeah so uh, obviously you started off on ancient ancient mmos um and then i believe you moved over to was it halo i actually oh okay i was gonna say i never really played mmos before wow but i did play runescape back in the day <laughs> uh that is technically an mmo so i played Havo hotel as well <laughs> it kind of started with a little bit of um, PC gaming-ish, but I mainly grew up on console, which I feel like everyone's going to go, ew, console, but yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so you, 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 was it Halo and, and COD was your main focus? Yeah, so my brother and my cousin, my cousin's like my brother as well, we're like three musketeers. We used to spend weekends, you know, like playing Halo split screen together. I'd yell at my brother, stop looking at my screen, stop killing me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the good old days. Good old screen sniping yeah. back in the day. <laughs> yeah, no, we just used to play uh, Halo together. Um, what else did we play? There's a couple of other games as well. But then, yeah, as we got older, I started to play Call of Duty. Also, I don't know, maybe it wasn't as I got older as well. That was just something that we played aside from Halo. But yeah, we played a bit of Call of Duty as well. And then in the end, I started to compete in Halo and Call of Duty, which is super lame. No, <laughs> I used look, to do game battle of, tournaments. Signs of your future competitive nature. It's obviously yes, there from, from I mean, the exactly. I've always been really competitive. I think it's just because I also grew up like competing so I swam for my county and I've competed in ski races as well uh slaloms so I've just I've just always naturally been competitive so when I started to get a little bit older I think I was when I was 14 I used to play competitively Halo 3 and I think I can't remember exactly what Call of Duty it was it might have 
it, I want to say that it was Modern Warfare. Um, but I'd have to yeah, look at the well, list. I haven't played them in ages. <laughs> they've just re-released Modern Warfare 2, but it's not a re-release. It's just the same name twice. Yeah, I think I, it was I, you that was telling me this, actually, because someone said, oh, you know, they're re-releasing Modern Warfare 2, and that's something that I used to play a lot, and I did compete in Modern Warfare 2 as well. And I was really excited. And then he was like, no, 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 it's not a re-release. We're getting baited by the name. Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> They just she will forget what it was called and just oh it's the second one again twice it's weird um and, and then I believe you uh you competed at uni as well oh I did the... I forgot about that yeah so for anyone from the UK or anyone not from the UK um pretty much all of the UK universities have a competitive League of Legends team it's called the NUEL it stands for something which I don't have on hand <laughs> uh but I was captain of my university team's competitive um esports team basically so I used to compete through my uni uni days uh so I did play league competitively as well which so, I, to be honest I never really talk about much <laughs> well it's I mean, it's it's it all seems like to point towards a trend of like you you are a competitive gamer, mm-hmm. and that's your focus in the game. So at that stage, while it was basically there was no Mythic Plus when you joined. So what is it that, that convinced you to try like a, a fairly non-competitive game at that stage? Um, there's really I only think... raiding that you could say was like an eSport uh, and PvP, obviously. Well, to be honest, I didn't actually know what World of Warcraft was to that extent at the time. So I've always known of World of Warcraft, but because I, I kind of grew up on console, um, we never really had... We did have like a family PC, but we didn't really use it. We just, you know, played COD and stuff, like come home from school and just yell at people in COD lobbies. Yeah. <laughs> Hardcore search and destroy, just be arguing with people. It was great. <laughs> Yeah, so I kind of moved away from the PC and I feel like that's kind of what pushed me away from ever trying it. And I also knew that it was addictive and I knew that I would be addicted. I spent the longest time refusing to play WoW just because I knew that I would uh, lose my life to it. And then here I am. <laughs> However many years later, I've lost my life to it. <laughs> so you, I so delayed you, the inevitable. So you joined, the, was it was it mid-WOD or towards the end of WOD? Uh, see, it's, it's kind of, so, um, eventually, so when I came out of uni, um, a couple of my cousins, um, were like, come on, play World of Warcraft. Um, we've all just got back into it. And I think, t- okay, technically this is the real inside scoop. Technically this was at the end of Mr. Pandaria. Ooh. So I remember I was saying, okay, well, I want to play a range just because I know that I prefer the range play style in league and other games. So I'm like, I know I want to play a, a range character. So What's the best rate? That typical question. Oh, you What's type into the Google. best DPS? What's his best <laughs> And I'll DPS? just play that. And they was like, oh, you know, have a look. I was like, no, I don't care. I just want to play whatever's the best. And they told me, okay, play a hunter. And I was like, are you sure? I was looking at the hunter thinking, oh, I don't know if I like this aesthetically, you know. I was looking at the mage straight away and I was like, oh, I really want to play mage. I mean, um, I was drawn to it straight first? away. Huh? Does everyone play hunter first? Everyone well, it wasn't like... a choice. Like, I didn't pick a hunter. I was told that's the strongest DPS. And I was like, are you sure? 
I didn't really want to play it, but um, they told me it was the best. And I said, okay, fine, I'll just um, play this. And I think it's because my cousin played a mage as well. And we had like a little guild, sort of. So yeah, yeah. that was technically at the end of Mist. Um, and then they said to me, right, you need to level to 60 because when you're 60, because I said, no, I'm just going to boost my character. I CBA. <laughs> Anyone that knows me now knows that I'm not yeah. exactly the best World of Warcraft player. <laughs> I suck at leveling and anything that's not competitive. <laughs> Honestly, I, I, I'm gonna, we're going to get a stream one day and it's going to be you and me just leveling and it's going to be a disaster. It's going to be a disaster because one, I don't really, <laughs> I'll run around and kill the mobs and not loot them and not realize for about an hour I'm one of those. Actually, funny story. So when I first started playing, when I first started leveling, I did not know that you could take more than one quest at the same time. So you're just, you're just really going to have your head in your hands at this. So I used to take one quest, go and do it <laughs> oh. and then come back. This is like- <laughs> I can't. And the then take where... the next quest, go out and do it and come back. I didn't realize that you could take all of the quests because they're usually like in a pocket together, aren't they? Like when yeah, you quest, this is the be days before they changed in levels, the same like, area. So the leveling was often like collect 10 bear asses, but you'd also request to be like 10 bear teeth at the same time. And you're yeah. Just, like, you're doing the same thing twice as long now. Yep. So I used to take one quest at a time, didn't realize you could take more than one. Because, you know, like I said, I never really grew up with MMOs or anything like that. I grew up playing Call of Duty, um, Halo, basically. You know, I never really played an MMO or anything like that. Um, so it was a new experience for me when I finally started playing. And then naturally, um, I think in the end, I must have leveled to 40. And it took me ages and I hated it. And I think that's why I hate leveling now, just because... All of my cousins and my friends and stuff, they were all max level at the time. And they were doing dungeons and I didn't know what that meant. They were doing raids and I didn't know what that meant. All I could hear them on Skype, <laughs> Skype oh, back in the day, yeah. all I could hear them was having fun and I just wanted to be part of it. And I was stuck leveling and I hated it. And I felt so much pressure. Like I felt like I was being gatekept from the game. And I feel like because I had that experience, that's why I don't like leveling now. Yeah, because um, also with like a, a first person shooter, you turn the game on and you, you're in it in theory as good as everyone else it's just it's just no, a pick up and throw away no thing of doing a, a 200 hour tutorial to get to the first map yeah exactly you just get stuck in actually playing the game and i know a lot of people for uh, i know for a lot of people leveling is playing the game but for me because i just wanted to be max level and be able to play with them it didn't feel like i was playing the game it felt like i was just trying to get to the point that they were um and then uh, I think I got to about level 40 and I just could not do it anymore. Uh, I ended up boosting my character and uh, everyone stopped playing. <laughs> <laughs> everyone stopped playing. So I, there I was at the end of Mists of Pandaria. And this must have been the last month of Mists or something. Um, so Warlords Adrenaline was coming out. Not that I, I wasn't really aware. Like I didn't watch streams. I didn't watch YouTube at the time. I was, I am still a normie, but I was very much a normie at the time. Um I didn't really know much about the expansion or what that meant or anything like that. Um, so yeah, I uh, I just was stuck. And you know what I did? I sat on Timeless Isle and I camped Hulon for about, I, I don't even know how many hours, but that was my only experience of the game. Just waiting for Hulon to spawn and trying to do the little wall jump. I don't know if you ever did that. Uh, I think I've done it since... Because you can't fly on the Timeless Isle. There's a little wall right behind, well, in front of where Hulon spawns. And you can sort of, but people used to do it while they was waiting for it to spawn. 
and uh, they just used to try and wall jump and get to the end. And I don't think I ever made it or maybe I made it once. But yeah, that was my and I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I loved how many people were there talking. I loved the social aspect of it. But I was completely by myself. And um, sometimes I would try and get into a raid, but people would say, oh, link curve. And I had no idea yeah. what that meant. And I was like, okay, I don't know what that is. And I'm afraid to ask because <laughs> I knew nothing about the game. That was like when I was when I was a, a noob and it was like, oh, you need to go and do Mythic Plus. And I was like, how do I do that? I've done Mythic Zero. You turn it on, <laughs> you, you click your portrait, you select Mythic. I, what, what do I need to do? I need to get a key. And I literally was like, what? What's a key? <laughs> and I, I was I literally typed in Google, where do I get Mythic Plus key? And I was like, that, that, it's not the most noob of stories, but that, that was my noob story of like complete, utter confusion about what to do. Um, yeah, because you were very new WoW player. I thought I was kind of new, sort of starting. Because that's the thing. So I then Warlords of Jenna came out, I leveled, and then I quit because I had to level. Yes, yeah, <laughs> so I, I didn't come as much as a surprise. And then I came back at the end of WAD. Um, I raided in HFC, kind of, and then I stopped playing until mid Legion. So that's why I always say, you know, I played Legion because. I didn't really play the game before that. And then as soon as I started mid-Legion, I started Mythic raiding, I started Mythic plusing, and then I'm like, okay, this is this is like my starting point. And I obviously made the mage. Because when everyone quit, I was like, I don't want to play this hunter anymore. Now that everyone's quit, I'm going to play this mage, which I've always been drawn to and always wanted to play. So that's when I made my mage. <laughs> yeah, see, I started midway through BFA, which I think I missed the, the- Part of BFA where everyone hated, which was like the 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 main Azerite grind. All of it. <laughs> I loved BFA. Don't get quick, me wrong. People, but people hated BFA, BFA the entire time. Yeah, um, but like I said, I when I was like hitting end level and getting involved in end level content, I it was just as essences came in. So, oh, so it's very late BFA, really. Yes, yeah, so it was like I'd I'd played a lot of. Um, 1.5, 8.15. That's kind of when I was like hitting max level. So I was re- right at the start of 8.2. I was there with like Najatar. Uh, but yeah, yeah, when Essences came in, that's when I sort of like really sort of started looking to do end game content. And that's when I think things improved for BFA. Because um, obviously, you weren't quite as. Azra Armour was still there, but it wasn't quite as pressive and. It was earlier in the patch, I believe. Uh, you'd got a new piece of armor and then couldn't wear it because you didn't have enough Azerite and things like that. There were some new systems. They did refine it, but I don't necessarily remember it being so much like Shadowlands where there was this big feature that was just gatekeeping everything and then they finally like lifted the restrictions or pulled the ripcord. <laughs> um, uh, I enjoyed BFA, like I said. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Yeah, I... <laughs> Maybe because I've always put down. I'm always I'm going to love and defend BFA because it's my first expansion. Just as I think everyone defends their first expansion, because otherwise, if they didn't enjoy their first expansion, why would they stick around? So they're always going to have a degree of love for it and rose tinted glasses. Um, well, I suppose, but at the same time, like I know people didn't like WOD, and I'm not going to sit there and defend it because that's when I started. I do genuinely think BFA was not as bad, or if people did find it bad, there were also people that really enjoyed it. So it could just be a case of you just really enjoyed it. I still think 
had more people been alliance at the time, they would have enjoyed it more. I Maybe. I mean, I was alliance the entire time and I loved it just because I don't know if you've noticed being alliance, but there's a, or at least high end, there's a very small community. So you would run into the same people. And I know back in the day, people used to care about server, same server stuff. Yeah. So I, I miss that, unfortunately. That is one thing that I do regret not playing earlier for just because I am very sociable and annoying like that. So I do go out of my way to get to know people on my server even though it's not necessarily how things are now yeah, um, so, but yeah alliance high-end was very close-knit yes but I, i'm thinking more in terms of just like for, for the people who didn't enjoy the story and the zones having played through both sides i find the alliance questing story and even the war campaign to be more interesting than the horde side and I think if the vast majority of the big player base are playing Horde and they're flying around that terrible design pink pyramid and all the quests are kind of Volner and Sylvanas who they all either wanted to support or hate, they split the storyline in on the Horde side. I don't know if you're aware. So you could either support Sylvanas or go against her. Yeah, yeah, I remember they did give you some... Um some choices which i thought was a great addition to be honest even if it didn't necessarily affect anything it's always nice to have yeah i think you've got a slightly options. different cutscene right at the end of the expansion which... mm. that's pretty cool actually it, it, i can see I'll, I'll always say look if you want to try to do something new and it fails that's fine um but i just think sometimes they've had a few too many fails just or they've not quite seen something through to its conclusion I'm still wearing the um, Iron Resoth, and I'll never oh, remove that. You just and Taliesin, the only two people left with it. That, I know, we get to the end of Dragonflight, and it's the Zoth comes back or something. And there's some sort of little voice line, or little cutscene or something that rewards those players who still got it. That'll have paid it off for me. <laughs> and for a lot of people, it's not worth it. something comes out of it. It is, because it, it was promised, it was like, oh, it's like, keep it on, it's a gift, it's important. And we, you're rewarded for keeping it on. And then nothing seemed to happen, and it just felt like... Yet. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, come on, do something, please. <laughs> um, yeah, so we'll, uh, we'll just step back a bit. Um, obviously, you you were playing at Legion, Mythic Plus came in, and that was the beginning of the end really for you wasn't it, it was mythic plus took took over yeah i think it's just because mythic plus is that sort of it scratched that competitive itch that i've always had and i think that's just what cemented me into wow because to be fair i loved mythic raiding as well it wasn't necessarily mythic plus that sold it for me it was mythic raiding as well um i just really love that sort of competitive content which is it, it kind of I always surprise myself. I just never put effort into PvP, but I think if I seriously got into PvP, I would love it for the reasons that I love League of Legends, for example. Um, I think I would be relatively okay ha ha ha, uh, with PvP, but I just never really put the time into it. Yeah, it is. I think it it requires a different sort of like thought process. Something that works in PvE just doesn't work in PvP. Um, mm. it's kind of like you know when you're to be fair pvp is much more my street just because when you're playing league you predicting what your opponent is going to do you know what moves they have you know when they would tend to use it like you kind of see through the eyes of your opponent 
So you kind of know how to outplay them. Like the cannon minions getting low, they're obviously going to try and take it. That's my spot to then stun them and kill them type of thing. Like those kinds of things, like trying to anticipate, you know, what your opponent's going to do. That's very much how PvP is. It's all about reacting and knowing what they've got, what they haven't got, what they're capable of. Okay, what are they going to do now? They don't have this. They do have that. And that sort of like level of processing is something that I've always really enjoyed. So it it does surprise me that I don't put time into PvP, but I respect people that do. I think previously it required a lot of time and sort of like you have to gear differently. Um, and when you if you if you're mythic raiding high and mythic plus in, having another set of gear to go and grind every week, something's gonna have to give. I did that in BFA. So Fire Mages wanted um, the badge; it was just really really powerful, oh, and yeah. you eventually ran double on use. So I did do PvP. I think I got to 2k. I don't think that's good, but I think it was it was good enough to have a high enough level badge. <laughs> it was that happy middle ground of, right, this isn't serious PvP, but yeah. it's high enough item level I'll, that I'll take that. <laughs> I did just enough to get the um, the rank 3 essence, because it was like the, oh, yeah. best, like the best essence for, for art. And then I was like, no, I'm done now. Um, but I will admit, I've been tempted by solo shuffle a couple of times. I haven't actually seen solo shuffle. This is me and my mythic plus and mythic raiding brain <laughs> not looking at PvP, but I well, think people like it. The way I look at it is when it, it's almost like I'm looking at like the, the newbie doesn't know how mythic plus works because you look in the group finding for arena and it's all full of like abbreviations and words I don't understand. And I'm mm. like, I don't know what any of this means. And it all feels very exclusionary. As solo shuffle, you just queue up, and you you win or lose. Is it just one v one? It's you put into it's six people, I believe, and you're broken up into teams of three, but you rotate, so you'll play everyone and play with everyone at least once. Oh, that's really cool. So there's no like, oh, if you're you're going to get carried by this one guy, well, next match he's going to be against you. Mm. Um, the problem in there is. A lot of times, at least on the low ranks that I've tried it at, people will play one game, lose and quit, and then the whole lobby falls apart, and then you have to queue again for 15 oh, minutes. Oh no. Then I did a tweet a long time ago where I said there should be lever penalty systems in place. So it, and it's like, it, do, it exists in other games. It doesn't, like, you don't punish somebody for the off niche thing, right? It's, it's the same in League of Legends, like there are lever, lever penalties in there as well. Yes, the systems can be abused, but they do exist in other games. And I feel like for Mythic Plus, especially, like how many people have had somebody leave their key and it's just wasted everyone's time because now it's definitely not in time and now it's definitely not a weekly key, you know, if you were just doing it for Vault or whatever. So I feel like if you're reported toxically leaving too many keys, you should just not be able to sign up for a key for a time. I do think there should be some kind of the, lever yeah, system. Yeah, there definitely does need to be some sort of process, but it, it's difficult because, for example, you're doing a plus 20 and your group can't do it. So you're like, okay, we're going to quit, we're going to come out, we're going to go down to 19, and it's still a bit too hard, and you have to go down to an 18. Oh, it's all we can't now because we've, we've quit two keys back to back. But it's not quitting, it's people reporting you. So it's not actually leaving. It's not It's not like a flag system, you left a key. Because oh, right. that wouldn't work. That wouldn't work. So the amount of times, like, when you're 
a high-end push team or a push team, no matter what level you're playing at, there are times when you don't want to waste your time. If if something's gone wrong or you want to go again, like so many times we get two keys that are the same, one's like lower and one's higher. And sometimes you try the higher key because you know you can time the lower key. So you practice everything in the higher key. Or other times you do the lower key to practice and then you go into the higher key. So there's so many times like I said, you don't want to waste your time either. So if something's not timed, you just go again or you finish it if you want to re-roll it. So it would punish most people. So I'm not talking about actually leaving the key. I'm talking about a leave system, system, like a report system similar to... There are so many games that have it. It's not a a brand new cutting-edge feature. So how do they, like in League, do they they cope with like false flagging, things like that? I don't know, to be honest. But I mean, you can tell... I'm sure when things are just troll reports or, oh, this person is always leaving keys. There are constant reports against this person, not just like a niche thing where everyone in the group reports somebody like one odd time. I think you can tell when somebody just keeps leaving keys. I suppose that's the benefit, like you said, of having like a close-knit, like a smaller community. There's positives and negatives, but it's just because these like penalty systems exist in other games. So... That's the only reason why it's like, it's not like a brand new thing. This exists in most games. So, moving on to raiding, did you, what made you sort of step into raiding? Was it like a like a slow step up from level to level or did you, like, right, I'm, I'm going, I'm going to go for Mythic as soon as I can get there? Um, There wasn't really much thought. Um, it was just, oh, raiding exists. So um, I think in WAD various times, I used to, because I was I was playing by myself. I wasn't ever in a guild or anything. So I used to um, lead pugs um, and just clear the raid, yeah. just like raid lead and stuff. Um, I don't know if it was normal, heroic, whatever it was, just for like gear and stuff. Um, and then in the end, I think I decided to join a guild because I was getting... Like, I don't know, I've always been a very independent gamer. I've never really been somebody to play with people. I've always just played by myself. Um, but I can't remember what it was, but it got to the point when I couldn't join pugs and I couldn't necessarily lead them either. I think it was late wad. No, it might have been... Um... Yeah, it probably was late wad. So I um, I tried to look for a daytime raiding guild and just because I was at home and my family didn't really get gaming so there was no way that i could miss dinner for example yeah. like it's quite a traditional family thing where you all sit down for dinner and, and whatnot they wouldn't understand really me not being able to sit down for dinner um things are different now but back then it would be like no you're having dinner so you're not gonna miss dinner just because of some game <laughs> uh, so i tried to look for a daytime raiding guild and there was only two in existence and both of them were on silver moon so I faction changed, server changed, and joined a daytime raiding guild. And I think it was one of those guilds that had several raiding teams. So they had a mythic team. They had a, uh, a mythic team with less progression. And they had like a heroic team. And it was huge. I think they had like four raiding teams. It was a big guild. Um, so I kind of just joined their lesser mythic team. Um, it wasn't necessarily like, oh, I want to do the best content. I just enjoyed raiding. So it was all new. It was all fresh. And I didn't really understand like the different difficulties at that point. Like I was very, very like baby faced. I didn't realize how prestigious mythic raiding was, for example, or the like the jump between the difficulties. I just wanted to raid. So I just found a daytime raiding guild, 
I just wanted to raid and that's what I did. And then uh, I took a break from Ward until mid Legion um, when three people that I've always raided with, um, they come to my Trish stream a lot. They were begging me to come back and said, we found a guild, found a mythic uh, raiding guild. This was in Nighthold. And they were like, we really need a mage. Come back to the game, come back to the game. They've been persuading me to rejoin the game for a while, um, for like years at that point. Yeah. And then I just finally was like, you know what? Why not? Let's let's give it a go. So I rejoined in Nighthold and just jumped straight into mythic raiding. And they were pretty good as well. They were pretty good. Uh, I suffered from terrible performance anxiety, though. Like, I was having full-blown panic attacks before the raid. It was so bad. <laughs> yeah, so this is something that I kind of get as well. Not not so much from reading, to be fair. Um, mainly because I run my own guild, so I, there's no one to tell me off if I'm doing bad or anything like that. It's, um, but I do get it on keys, particularly... Um, if I know I'm trying to push for something and it's right at the edge of my current skill, I just, I find that that something being so close to being achievable and failing really really stressful, and it just like makes me not want to do it at all. Well, I would say your problem there is that you're setting yourself a skill level. Your skill level, you can be the best. You're the best person. Everyone else is trash, as Doublelift would say. <laughs> I think it's confidence with a lot of these things. And I like it. What surprised me, because I've played with you for, I've known you for a long time now, yeah. is I, you know, you would always downplay yourself and be like, you know, I'm not good enough for that. I'm not good enough for that. And then we'd bring you along to a 20 and you would play really, really well. Like you're one of the top DPS. Like we get through the key with three chesting, two chesting. And I'm like, what was your worry? What, you play so good. What do you mean? <laughs> See, the weird thing is, it's like, it's like I'm two different people. Before I get KSM, I am incredibly unconfident. I don't know what I'm doing. Panicking. And then once I, I've achieved like my goal, which is KSM, is, that's my level. I want to get KSM. Everything else is just fun after that. And it, it is almost like a relief. And it's like, well, no, it doesn't matter if I don't time the key. I can just have fun. And I know that sounds so silly on paper, but it really does like... Everything after that I've achieved is just like so much easier and feels better. I don't think that sounds silly. I think that's most people. I think it's just because you have, because you set yourself a goal, it means everything you're doing matters so much. Yeah. Whereas because you don't have a goal, you're just playing for the sake of playing, which is me. I don't ever set myself a goal. I just play, you know? Like, for example, the other, the other day we was doing a 31 Grimrow. I have never done really Grimrow is tyrannical as well. And I was like, guys, I don't know how these bosses work. Yeah. <laughs> but it was fun. Like, we had fun. And I think we timed uh, the 30. I don't know. Um, but it's, it's, it's kind of, you just have no expectation. You just play. And I think when you set expectations for yourself, it puts a lot of pressure. Because then if you fail, it feels three times as bad. Yeah. This is a random metric. <laughs> I, do, I do think this is quite common in that, You'll be aware that that sort of like 12 to 15 key range is the most toxic um, because it's people who are at the stage where I am. Everything matters more than it really matters. Everything's very high pressure and high tense and everyone. Whereas when you get to like 
above 16, it calms down again. And then when you go up to the, currently with the portals and 20s, it gets a little bit tense again because people are trying to get the 20s. And then above that, it, it becomes fun again. And it's, I do think having the rewards does lead to those sort of um, mindsets of where everything is like hyper important, hyper uh, stressful. But in a way, it's just a game and why do we put this pressure on ourselves? But oh, but you do. can say that about anything, right? Oh, it's just this. Oh, it's just that. But it does matter. It's fine. It's fine for it to matter. Like, you know, I know it's just yeah. a game, but I love WoW. I care if what I'm doing. I mean, I don't necessarily care in the sense of like, oh, it's a deplete. I'm very upset. I just, I just don't think we can just be like, oh, it's just a game. Because it's something we like and it's your time, right? Yeah, like you spend your free time doing something, you want it to be enjoyable. It's not enjoyable, you have to question, Mm. do you you still want to do it? And I I do think this is an issue with a lot of players who left the game recently, is that they stopped enjoying the game, but didn't stop playing, and it became a chore for them. That happened to me, this expansion. That's why I wasn't pushing to a high level, this expansion, because, I mean, I was lucky with all the casting and amazing things that have been happening, especially this year. I didn't really feel like I could take a break from the game either, so I was trying to play it at a level that was sustainable. But I did feel it. I, You know, the game just felt terrible, and I'm not... I don't want to put it down to Shadowlands, solely on Shadowlands. I think, you know, pandemic doesn't help. I mean... Nothing changed for me. I was still sitting in my room every day, all day. (laughs) But I think it does like subconsciously have an effect generally. Um, There's a lot of things that could have led to me feeling really burnt out and drained. I don't want to place it all just on Shadowlands, but Shadowlands was particularly, uh, I don't know how to put it. It was a combination of many, it was like a whirlwind of just absolute shit all at once. Mm, so and then obviously you can't stop playing so you keep playing and it just you feel it feels bad you feel sad (laughs) but I mean now it feels great like I'm really excited for Dragonflight so I am glad that I took that time to just play a bit more casually I mean I was mythic raiding I I was getting cutting edge Um, I was still doing keys but I just wasn't like hardcore pushing you know I wasn't really chasing raider io Um, so I would do the occasional like high key but I would have another key that might be like I don't know, a 24 or something, rather yeah. than a, everything being a 30. I suppose everything's relative as well. Um, so you say, oh, you, you were taking it easy. But there'll be some, some people listening going, oh, I can't even do a, a seven. Sevens are hard. And it's like, everyone's got the level and it's it's what you feel is best for you. And if you can always push yourself, but I mean, have you done a seven recently? That is hard. <laughs> I've not done a for memeing. I've done some keys that I've not done go harder than a patch. I just, I'm kind of the opinion that I just want Shadowlands power things gone because it, it's just making everything. I think the problem is like when you do the the higher keys, generally people are more competent in the in the fact of like they're aware of what the mobs do, they're aware of how the dungeon works, they're aware of their class more. So I think when you go into keys where people don't necessarily know what to kick or just won't kick and things like that just make the key so much harder than it has to be or you know you've got people that are not talenting now into say an interrupt or um previously you'd have druids that don't take cyclone for example 
um, just because, oh, that's not a DPS button. But you don't realize how much DPS you gain from utility like that because it keeps all of the mobs stacked. Like it's actually going to increase your damage even though it's not a direct DPS button. The control of the mobs just makes everything so much easier and smoother and it just increases everyone's DPS so much. Um, for, me, for me, that's my next improvement area that depth of knowledge of the mobs um, and stuff like that's quite difficult i think watching streams can really help uh just because you get to see okay that mobby that cost cast and mob is always being interrupted okay that's being stunned and generally just dungeon guides i mean nagura and dratnos did um worked with the world of warcraft channel to do guides on lower karazhan and stuff i just don't think people watch them but it had pretty much all the information you need uh mdt is really good as well um you know you can look and see what the mobs do it shows you their cast uh there are there is information out there it's just you just slowly pick it up over time you don't just all of a sudden study a dungeon and know exactly what everything does you just take it pack by pack through playing like okay this pack at the start of this key what does this do oh this cast needs to be interrupted this mob needs to be stunned you know you just take it pack by pack and you eventually you just store it <laughs> so speaking of Nagura and dranos and sort of what made you sort of like move into content creation um so my stream initially started because my guildies and a couple of family members actually uh, my brother doesn't play anymore but he was interested in the higher keys um but he hasn't played since mist so you know he was interested in oh what's this new feature in wow <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and my cousin as, as well used to be WoW players. Um, and they were just, um, especially my guildies, they just wanted to watch the higher keys that I was doing with my push team. So I thought, okay, well, obviously everyone can't sit in Discord and watch the screen. Um, so I'll just stream. And that's how my stream started. And then I think because of the high keys that we were doing, like a lot of the keys were like second in the world and stuff like that. It My radar, I think, drew more people in. And that's what started the stream. And then um, I think I took a break from streaming or I didn't stream for a while. And then when I played Frost with Shadowlands, I realized, I feel like, I don't know if anyone else agrees, but I feel like the meta toxicity has been very apparent in Shadowlands. <laughs> I know the sort of meta chasing and meta gatekeeping in keys and whatnot has always sort of existed, but I feel like in Shadowlands, it's been so like rampant. <laughs> um, so I started playing Frost and because people were so toxic about off-meta specs, I was like, you know what, I'm going to stay Frost because there are so many people that want to play Frost, but they don't have the representation they need. So, you know, they're being told, no, Frost doesn't do damage. No, we don't see Frost mages, like blah, blah, blah. Frost so I like to put my stream on and be like, it's, it's, hey. It's no fact, apparently. A what? Can't do Sanguine Weeks. It's just... Oh, fro right, yeah. yeah, Frost mages. Yeah, Frost in the name is bad for, for uh, Sanguine. <laughs> Um, but, but yeah, I, uh, the, so I was playing frost, uh, just to show people actually it does damage. It's actually like good that you shouldn't stop people from joining your key because of the spec. Um, and then I realized how little representation there was. There wasn't any information for frost. And the problem is when you have, um, quite niche or off meta specs, Sometimes people make videos and they're just not accurate. So the amount of videos that I was watching on YouTube that told you to get a certain percentage of stat or just said stuff that wasn't correct, which to me is, is baffling because the information is there. You have guides there. Like all you have to do is do a tiny bit of research and hey, presto, you can make a guide on it. You know, you don't have to make stuff up. <laughs> 
it's all there it's ready you know we're very lucky as majors to have the theory crafters that we do um we've got big brains in the uh, major theory crafting community um so yeah i decided oh you know what I'm going to make a video guide just to help people. And if it helps, well, I had no expectations. I didn't have a YouTube channel. I barely had a stream. And I just thought, if this helps one person, I will feel like I've done my job. I will feel happy. Uh, and then that guide just completely blew up. It went viral. I think I posted it on Reddit um, and it just went huge. And I feel like everyone saw it. <laughs> and then, yeah, that's yeah. where I saw it, yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, I, um, I guess I have a stream and, and I make videos now. <laughs> I mean, and not only that, um, you sort of moved into casting as well, which is a big step up. Not everyone. Yeah. So that. that came about quite randomly. I competed in the MDI and uh, I had my cam on and I was, I don't know if anyone's watched my stream, but I just jam all the time. <laughs> and I'm very, <laughs> I have. Um... Enthusiastic. Yeah, very enthusiastic. I'm very expressive as well. So I think that really came across in the MDI. I was very expressive and uh, apparently I was entertaining to watch. <laughs> That's not my words. There's one person, okay, that counts. <laughs> uh, and then from there, um, Ray Raider.io ended up doing an interview with me and they featured me as a streamer as well. Big shout out to Raider.io. They are wonderful. Uh, they still do their featured streamer program as well. You know, you should look out for whoever's featured for the week. So yeah, it's an honor, really. It always gets... Uh big views on new streamers and even existing streamers yeah it's great it is really great uh and then from that uh there was a keystone builders tournament with oasis wow and i think radar.io kind of worked closely with them so somebody who i was speaking to you know i i got to know the people that rate some people at radar.io and one of them was like you know what you'd be great at casting would you consider it for this Keystone Builders event? And I just said, sure, why not? <laughs> so I uh, ended up doing Keystone Builders just before Christmas. Uh, I think it must have been in October or November. And I only had a two-hour segment and it was with Kexman as well. And there was quite a lot of people around. Um, who else? Me uh, and Aya also um, kind of get made guest appearances. Uh, there was lots of different casters. Uh, and it was great. I really enjoyed it. I was so nervous because I suffered terribly from anxiety. So, you know, it was real nerve wracking. It was high pressure. Um, but I, I enjoyed it. And then from there, I Echo put out a casting call and someone said to me, you should apply. You'd be great because I really wasn't going to apply. And if it wasn't for this person, I would have never have applied. So I am very grateful to this person because I just thought, well, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's something I'm going to be good at. I don't know if it's my thing. I'm just not going to I'm sure there's you know you tell yourself, "Oh, there's going to be people that are better than you. I'm not even going to try." You know that sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh but yeah, if it wasn't for this person saying to me, "You should apply." Um I really wouldn't. And I thought, "You know what? I'll do it." So I ended up sitting there doing this audition tape. I recorded the first one, um and then I recorded a lot after it, and then I ended up just sending off the first one just cuz I made some mistakes in the first take, but I recovered from it. And I thought, actually, that's a good one to send because it shows how I'm going to adapt when I'm live. I think if people think, oh, I'm just going to do a scripted um, audition and like give in my best take. But because it's live, like things are going to go wrong. I feel like sometimes it's good to show you making mistakes just to show how you will recover from it. Uh, and I think they actually appreciated that. And the next thing I know, I was casting for so, and so yes, yeah, so and that was obviously the, the 
it's the premium more event well not the year because it's, it's multiple times a year but yeah it's like almost like the high point it was honestly crazy it was honestly crazy because I went from being a viewer let's say like and also just a total nobody because I wasn't really on the scene at all I don't watch streams you know even though I did put out some YouTube guides or I stream sometimes I really wasn't involved in any of the WoW community Uh, and then I did the MDI and then all of a sudden I did this casting thing and now I'm casting for Echo at the race to World first and it was in Germany and I just thought what i the first day was insane because I was talking to Preach and this is somebody who whose videos I'd watched for years. Yeah. <laughs> I was so starstruck when I got there because it's not only the players as well, you know. It was just crazy to see people like walking around like Jinji. <laughs> not only that, but there are, you're equals now. It's not just like, oh, I'm a fan. I hate to meet you. You're... you're there on your own merits well technically well, but the, that doesn't that it doesn't, doesn't feel that my, way uh, yeah it doesn't stop my imposter syndrome <laughs> it's difficult to stand next to preach and go yeah we're the same <laughs> yeah like mainly because he's about three times taller than you yeah but, whoa he was he's, a, he's, he's okay. a giant he's a giant he is tall i am also very tiny so <laughs> um yeah so you obviously it was a, a was it the, I think it was the longest ever race for first, so but you were obviously out there longer. How long were you out there in, in start I think to finish? It was a month. I don't we didn't really stay we wasn't there too long before and we wasn't there too long after. So I think it was mostly the race duration, which you're right, it was an incredibly long race. Yeah, so about a month, three weeks. So did, did that how did that sort of mentally affect you like you're away for that length of time, and you're you're on every single you're on the morning shift, weren't you? So you're on every single morning, and you just have to sort of like be ready and ready to entertain when sometimes you may be not feeling ready for it. It's like mm. it's not like you're I'm on stream where you can cancel the stream. You're like you've got you've got to be up, you've got to be ready and bright-eyed and bushy-tailed for the for the viewers. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie, it was really, really, really difficult on my mental. I think towards the end as well, like, you could kind of tell that my brain was mushy. I think I reused a phrase. Well, I mean, it wasn't that many times, but, you know, my brain was just not compute at the end. But I, th- I, I enjoyed it. So when I was actually live, I had such a good time and it was great. And I didn't even think about anything because you're sort of in the zone and you're in the moment. But outside, oh gosh, I was very quiet <laughs> just recuperating and you know chilling really i wasn't yeah. entertain that entertaining outside of it not that i need to be but i did feel very quiet because usually i'm not i'm very sociable but <laughs> i was very quiet outside of the shifts but it was great because then i could give everything in the shift and that's what mattered right yeah and i'll see you've since sort of on the back of that you've done uh to uh a couple of conventions as well which i know you say you've not done before like a Twitch con and yeah I never really had anyone to go with in the past so it was really good to go to the conventions this year so I suppose that's a lot that's a lot of networking as well that sort of sets you up for sort of future future casting and things like that I guess it can be that but for me I went with friends and it was just basically a trip for everyone to get to see each other again and get together 
So we yeah. didn't really, I didn't really see it as a, I, but to be fair, most people do go for those reasons, but it was just, it, for some reason, it was just an echo reunion sort of thing, you know, for Twi the uh, EU TwitchCon, we had Dratnos and Krista, I think Noggy came as well, and we had lots of people behind the scenes in production who came as well. And it was just a reunion, and it was really nice, just an excuse, like I said, for everyone to get together. Um, but there definitely is networking at these events, which kind of, it didn't catch, it did, I suppose it did catch me off guard, because I, like I said, I've never really been in this position to be with, like, these complete A-listers, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and um yeah there was networking but that's to be expected these kind of events but me personally I just went as an excuse I think after two years of COVID I was this year I just want to say yes to everything I'm going to do everything I'm going to go to preach card I'm going to go to this card I'm going to do everything <laughs> just go out see as many things as you can while whilst, uh, yeah in. just because I never really had the opportunity to so I just just went to everything this year pretty much so after you'd done the the, the race world first did, how do you sort of settle back into like real life as it were just, uh... well that was pretty tough because it was it did take a lot from me so when I came home I did need a, f a month or two <laughs> to just mentally recover just because I have my own ongoing health conditions right so events like that it takes me longer to recover from and I wouldn't change it for the world you know it was an incredible opportunity I'd do it again in a heartbeat so it's it's nothing negative, but it's only it just took me a few months after I got home to fully recover. You know, I tried to stream as much as I could because I feel like once you build momentum, you don't really want to lose it. Um, but I couldn't really stream in that time period. I did just have to take things easy. So this but is something that has been doing well. It has been doing well. Um, I just wondered has because that is something that some other streamers feel that. Is there like a negative side to streaming in that you feel you can't take a break? Um, because it's like if I if I don't stream today, I'll, I'll lose viewers and they won't come back. It, it does that play on your mind and that sort of. There is a lot of pressure because I know it's it's not physically intensive the job. Let's say you know you're just sitting there, you're just playing games, but. It is incredible. It does take a toll on your mental. I think that's what people don't realize. Because like you said, you can't really fully switch off. You constantly need to be doing something. And I think most people can relate to that, even if you're not doing content creation. When you do have a second to just sit down, you feel guilty for sitting down. You feel like you should be doing something. It's not a productive use of time. And you can never really relax. And I do think that can affect anyone regardless of job role or whether you have your own business because when you're a streamer you essentially you're the business yeah. so you essentially have your own business and you're the product so it is a very it's, it's a lot of pressure um so if you've had any experience with sort of like negative viewers and fans because I, I it is noted that um obviously I, i'm i am a mod for you so i do see this but you do get very little sort of like toxic comments in the in the views, which is obviously something you try to encourage with the like the community. Well, it's strange. I do feel very flattered that we don't have to deal with negativity because even when I released my first ever YouTube video, I I couldn't believe it. I did not get a single hate comment. All these people listening to podcasts are like, "Well, hold my beer." <laughs> But I did not get a single hate comment to the point that there was somebody who was really, really big in the industry. They sent me a message saying, I have never seen a YouTube video with zero hate. 
I don't know this must be the most university loved video on the internet and it's so weird because it was just a guide it wasn't anything special it was just a video guide um and even after that I really rarely get any kind of negativity but I think even when you do because I'm gonna sound very cringe I grew up in cod lobbies but I just generally nothing affects me I don't have anyone on my ignore list you know people just don't when people do make a comment it's funny to me it's like banter and you just bounce it off but you don't want to encourage toxicity either but we're very lucky we don't have really any hate in the stream I don't know how or why I'm just appreciative yeah. I think the most the only negative comment I could think we had was when somebody came in saying that wow players are stinky and they were dead serious as well like this was a proper angry person who was saying well just wow players are stinky and you're all feeding a company money for your addiction and I was like whoa just calling us out I thought I was stinky in peace I'm very offended yeah I mean at, at that time there was a lot of that sort of sentiment going around it's how can you defend this company and things like that um I think that's a whole other discussion we'll, we probably don't have time for today. But I think I think it's all, it probably deserves its own episode on its own with various people to have an input on because there are lots of people who dealt with that situation in different ways. Some took breaks from the game, some people didn't. Um, and no, no one is, is wrong and no one is necessarily right either. It's It's a very difficult situation. Um, so just going to Dragonfly, what what are your sort of like hopes about how it will turn out in the end? Because obviously lots of people put in different sort of hopes and expectations into what it's going to do for the game long term and short term. Uh, well, I'm not necessarily thinking about that. I would just like to enjoy keys and reading again. Um, in Shadowlands, like I said, I took a break just because I was very burnt out. Um, I would just like to enjoy Mythic Raiding again, which I think I will. Um, I got into a, like, around a world rank 100 guild now, so I'm super happy to be pushing at a much higher level. Because previously, uh, I was with Shroud for like five years, and we was, we was, um, around a 500 world rank, and then we ended up being around a 1000 world rank in the end. Um, so it would just be super, super cool to be able to play it around this level that I'm now. Um, and I've also missed keys as well. I can't wait to do uh, Mythic Plus again. So again, I'm probably the worst person to ask because I just like those areas. I don't really have any hopes or expectations. Um, I would like the dungeons to feel fun. I think a lot of Shadowlands dungeons felt didn't feel that fun. Um, I don't think I'm rose looking with rose-tinted glasses on BFA and even Legion dungeons, but I feel like Shadowlands did try and slow you down in keys. There was a lot of RP. Um, there's a lot of affixes like inspiring that just slows you down. There, there was just a lot of stuff that uh, was just anti, anti fun. <laughs> so uh, I would feel... just like to see less of that probably going into Dragonflight. Just let us blast. <laughs> How did you feel the fated, not so not the fated, but the the bringing back all the dungeons worked in season four? So I do enjoy making old content relevant. I think that that is an awesome addition and they definitely should do more of that. The only thing I would say is that I don't think we should sacrifice new content for old content. 
I know going into Dragonflight, the first dungeon pool is going to be half and half, I think. Actually, yes. I don't know how many new dungeons it's going to be, There's but it's eight not many. Four, four of them will be Mythic Plus. All mm, of them will be Mythic so... Zero and Heroic, but that's yeah. very limited to who will play those most of the time. Yeah, like I said, I think making old content relevant is great. I just don't think it should come at the cost of the new content. Um, and I do think it's just going to be difficult, more difficult for the community later on to release these other dungeons that are actually, you know, the, that current expansion's dungeons, um, and you suddenly have to learn all these dungeons. I think, the- I think uh, in Legion, when they released, um, I can't remember exactly what it was called, uh, Sea of the, no, Sea of the Triumvirate, maybe? Uh, it was a later dungeon, and uh, it was just notoriously difficult. I think mostly down to tuning, but also because nobody had the dungeon rationale for having a new set of dungeons each time is that have you simply you're going to come in from the start and you're going to play through season one, and then if you go to season two, these are all fresh for you. But equally, if someone's taking a break and comes back in season two they're going in fresh as well, so they don't have to learn everything. Yeah, in the same way that point. people who'd currently know they have to learn all of the old dungeons. Whereas, so you go into a pug group, for example, and they'd be like, well, I don't know this mechanic, I've never been here, and everybody would be asked, goes, well, we've been doing it for six weeks, well, for six months sometimes, in some patches. Um, you should know this by now, and people don't. It becomes very prohibitive for new or returning players to sort of catch up. I think, I think that's, that that's the rationale whether it works though, right? Sorry, what was that? That can be in all of WoW though, because even when you're doing leveling dungeons, people don't know what the dungeons do. Like when I do time walking, I have no idea what these dungeons are. I don't know what any of the dungeon mechanics are. I'm sure there are quests that people do. There's there's so much of World of Warcraft that I haven't even experienced really. Um I think that exists in all areas of the game. Yeah, I, I just, I'm I'm on the fence, but I want to see how it works out before I make a comment on it. I think it could be good. Um, I'm just not a fan, of particularly of the dungeons they chose to bring back. I don't think Court Stars is a great dungeon, if I'm honest. I think it's just as RP heavy as some of the current ones, um, particularly the, um, the, the guess the identity part, which is. Yeah, sure, you can get a weak order that tells you how to do it, but... I don't know if Demon Hunter still works as well. Yeah, what's, what's the point of having it in there if it's just going to be automatically done by an add-on? Mm, like, but that's everything, right? Pretty much. True, but I just think it's like... I just I'm, don't I'm think RP belongs in a Mythic Plus setting. Yeah, I believe you should be... You could have a heroic dungeon, and you have all the RP you want. As soon as it goes into Mythic Plus, cut it out. Like in BFA, I don't want to listen to him talk about the pig over and over again mm-hmm. on Freehold. Just let me kill the That's turtle. That's why you send the uh, the rogue or somebody to stealth and activate the RP while yeah, you're all in trash and stuff. <laughs> but you shouldn't need to do that, especially because there's no benefit because you've done this, you're going to do this hundreds and dozens of times. You don't care about the, the RP at that point. It's good to have it in initially, but on something that's repeatable content. It loses its point. Mm. See, I I have rose tinted glasses with the um, with the freehold. I love that dungeon, <laughs> uh, but I would love the dungeon designs to just go a bit more 
just open, more choice, you know, well, you not will, so linear. You will like one of the new ones, which has the dragon flying in when you fly mm-hmm. from mob to mob. That's as open as you can get. Um, but I, I mean, I'm interested to see how the community sees that dungeon in the long term. Whether they love it or they hate it. We'll see. Um, there's one question I'm going to ask, which is, I don't know if you've got an answer for this, but uh, you have. You're not somebody who takes particular interest in law. Uh, that... I, it's just because I don't spend the time in game. Um, you know, like I'm not when I'm leveling. It's because I want to be max level. It's not because I'm enjoying or I'm playing the leveling process. So I'm not. Or when I'm in a raid, I'm not. I don't necessarily know what the bosses are or why they're there. I'm just killing the boss if that makes sense. Which sounds really sad. Um, it did get to a point in BFA where I did think, hmm, why, am why are we this? doing this? Yeah, so I used to watch Noble videos because he's great with all yeah. the lore. You know, he has complete videos on a character and I listen to them like podcasts and just fall asleep to stuff like that. I think I think it's really nice. Um, but no, I don't necessarily keep fully up to date with the lore. I enjoy Talies and, and Evertel, um lore speculation videos. Um, I used to watch Pyromancer as well when he used to do stuff like that. So it's not that I don't listen or care about the lore at all. It's just in-game. I'm Mythic Plus and I'm Mythic Raid and that's basically it. Yeah. Um, so outside of that, I do love the game and I do love the characters. So, you know, there so, are times when I'll think, oh, I'll watch a video about that character. So it's, is, it, is it the way it's presented in game that sort of doesn't appeal or makes it difficult to get into? Um, I just think it's because when I play the game, like I said, I, you know, I grew up with the tutors and the quick sort of lobbies and yeah. a League of Legends game. I, I tackle WoW as more of a, like, the Mythic Plus, the raiding, and that's about it. So everything outside of that, sometimes it's nice to take a step back. I don't want to be too, you know, mean. Like, I did enjoy going out doing world quests, which I don't know <gasps> if I can. <laughs> she said it. I mean, you had to. In Legion and BFA, yes. you had artifact power, you had um, Azerite power. I forgot the name of it then. How dare I? So, you know, I did... I did stuff outside of those, but they, it's because they were a requirement to push high-end Mythic Plus dungeons or Mythic raiding, you know. Um, but yeah, in terms of lore, I, I'm not going to do a quest and know necessarily why I'm doing it or what's going on or following it. Which is why I don't think I'd deal with Final Fantasy well. <laughs> yeah, I think... I mean, you, you, Preach was always the same. He always says that he doesn't care about WoW lore. But then he played Final Fantasy and he was, like, very invested. Mm, never say never, obviously. Yeah, I'd never have my mind closed towards it. But. I, know, I know you do play other games where you, you do sort of enjoy the lore. Okay, there is only one game that, and this has been a recent thing. <laughs> it's actually Genshin Impact. Yeah, I, I have that. never cared about the game a story although to be fair i used to the halo campaigns and also some of the call of duty campaigns as well so it's really strange even though i say this in wow i think it's because in wow i see the questing as gatekeeping me from the content of what i want to do so i'm just trying to get through it as quick as possible to get to the thing i want to do whereas when you're doing a campaign you're you're sort of playing through a story and i i get that's the same thing but hmm it's interesting to think about 
Yeah, so it's for you, it's WoW is the end game, whereas Genshin is. So the thing with Genshin is, I also don't necessarily. So I don't have have a lot of the Archon quests for anyone that plays Genshin. It's quite story uh, orientated. I would definitely recommend it to anyone. It's great. Not sponsored, by the way. <laughs> no, I do love it. Um, I, I still haven't done the, the, most of the story quests in the game. I watch, in. this is really strange. Instead of doing the entire playthrough myself, I will watch an entire playthrough. <laughs> I don't ask, I don't know. And in game, I will go around and kill the bosses and like fight, but... I sit there and watch full playthroughs, which I could do myself, but I don't know. Okay, <laughs> it's that's really a strange. Bit strange, but it's, <laughs> it's no different than playing WoW and then watching a novel video, I suppose. Yeah. Okay, so um, I think we'll leave it there for the day. So thank you very much for joining us. Um, do you want to give a little sort of shout out so people can find you on all your different social medias? Yeah, I mean, First, thank you for having me. It's been so nice to sit down and chat. I think that's what I love about your podcast. It's genuinely just chatting, getting together. So it's been really fun to talk to you. Yeah. (laughs) And yeah, so for anyone that would maybe want to find me, I am OKMage, O-K-A-Y-M-A-G-E on everything. On everything. There we go. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, the Twitters, the Instagrams. I've added 30 years to my life there, but... (laughs) On the Twitter. <laughs> on the Twitters. On, on, the, on, the, on the MySpaces. <laughs> oh, I miss Tom. Where's Tom? He was my best friend. Forever he was my, my only friend. <laughs> He's actually on Twitter. He has a Twitter account. <laughs> I'm going to follow him right I'm now. I'm not even kidding. I came across it the other day and was like, what? <laughs> oh, he could take over over Twitter. Never let us down. <laughs> Okay, so thank you very much. Uh, We'll see you next week with a new guest and it's going to be the lovely Demetinoth. And hopefully you can join us then. Bye-bye. Bye, friends.